Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good for me to hear that clip this time because uh, sometimes I go too fast. And if you do that with Chad D. Diminisis on the line when you're introducing him, you could make a mess out of that because you really have to sort of, if you're me, unless you're smarter and you can go faster, just like rip that off. But I need, to, I need to make sure I speak slowly when I say Chad's name so I don't get flustered. Glad to have Chad join us here on the West Her Hotline. He is with Expected Buffalo. It's his site. And any Sabres fan wanting to know what's really up should know about it. Chad, thanks. Yeah, and thanks for the kind words. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Always, always. Even in private. We've never met, but even in private, I'm like, Chad's the guy, you gotta, you gotta, if you think you have an idea, I really mean this, like, if you have an idea for the Sabres that you want to test, you have to see if Chad agrees with it. Like There are a handful <laughs> of guys I would say that about, and you're definitely, in my opinion, one of them. So here, here's where I want to start. Um, and I don't say this to necessarily flatter you or even myself. Like uh, There's a certain way we think the Sabres are operating now, more data-driven. I just say that generally. I think that's correct. And so I want to know, like, so... Here it is deadline week. Do you what do you think the conversations they're having sound like? And Chad, are the are they the conversations you would think they should be having, right? Like are are they operating in such a way where you think maybe if you asked yourself what they should do here at this deadline that you'd be confident the Sabres would largely look at the situation the same kind of way? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I think they're looking at it as maybe maybe a year ahead of where they thought they would be. Um, so in, in one sense, they don't want to overreact to that. And they want to start moving too fast now because, you know, Kevin Adams has said whenever he – it's almost whenever he talks. He talks about this plan that he has and he's going to stick to it. And really there's no reason that he shouldn't because – to the guy's credit, to this point, he has almost pulled off his plan flawlessly. So really, while it can be frustrating that maybe he won't do all the things they hope he can, that he could do, um, there's no reason to question the plan that he has put forth so far. Uh, and I also think they're looking strategically what player, if they bring someone in, would fit this team, uh, not only from a systematic standpoint in terms of them being in up-paced rush team that likes to play high event hockey, so you want to get a player that can play in that style. Uh, also, probably what fits in a locker room aspect, because that's a big thing for them. 
Uh, so they don't want to rock the boat too much here, I don't think, in, in terms of making too many changes. Uh, and I think that's the right way to go about it. They have a team here who has shown that they have the capability here over the next 24 games to be a playoff team. Uh, they've done it for, you know, what, three months, four months of the season now. So there's no reason to believe that this group can do it. But at the same time, I think they see that they can even help them a little bit further. And, and I think ultimately that's what they want to do. It's just going to have to be something within their price, and, and that fits what they're looking for for their roster. So considering what you think their approach is and your knowledge of what the market looks like, like what what's the best-case scenario here? Am I making – see, this? I, I guess I'm speaking generally again, but this is where I'm at, Chad, is a couple of minor moves, a couple of maybe role-player types, especially in terms of the blue line, where my chances of – making the playoffs are a little better, but I'm not sacrificing anything that I think will slow me down past this year. Yeah, I agree with that in one, besides one thing, and that's if Arizona comes off their chicken price, that might change in somebody that could come in beyond this season. Uh, but I think other than that, they're looking for, I don't want to say a low-key move, but you know, a rental or maybe a guy that has one year left in his contract. Uh, Nick Jensen, somebody I wrote about over the weekend that I know they're interested in. I know they've uh, at least two points in the season now have tried to work something out uh, to bring him in so that the guy they're looking at. It all depends what the Capitals want to do with him. If they want to resign him or put him on the block, we'll see what happens for the next few days. Uh, so that's a defense, and I think overall their target is defense. Um, you know, I, I think the tuck injury could make them look at forwards, but again, if they do that, I think it would be some kind of low, low depth, like bottom six forward, nothing crazy. Um, so, yeah, I, I still think the main focus here is going to be defense, and there's the good thing for them this year looking for a defenseman, there are a handful uh, out there that, that they can go look for. So it's really a buyer's market on the blue line. So they should be able to find one uh, if they really want to add and they find that right price. How much of a difference would it make, Chad? I mean, there, all these kind of moves around the deadline, you think about the positive effect – you know, I'm a better team. That's how they talk, right? Anything to make us better. We're a better team than we were yesterday. The deadline comes around. You've got like less than a third of the season to go, and I just wonder, like, what is the plus EV here on on some of these guys? Am I am I one game better if I add a player like this? Like, it has to be. You don't you don't know the future, but it has to be significant yeah. enough to to make it worthwhile. Yeah, so that's interesting in hockey because. You know, a lot of these guys, um, there's really not that there's, there's going to be a handful of players that drastically change the outcome of your team. Mm-hmm. So, like, Connor McDavid, for example, I think it's worth, like, and he's the best player in the world, I think he's worth, I don't know, 10 to 12 standing points. And, and, but that's at the max, right? So, you know, it's, there's really not anybody that's going to drastically change anything. Now, I, I think, though, when you take it in the aspect of, let's just stick with Jensen, right, because he's the guy that kind of makes the most sense here. If they bring in Mick Jensen and they replace Kel Clegg and Bryson with Mick Jensen, well, that's a huge improvement. That's a guy that can go into your top four immediately, uh, play good minutes. He fits in your system. He's a veteran. He has playoff experience. And that's a massive upgrade. Now, if you're going to bring in somebody at a lower level that, um, let's say Dante Fabro, he came out line first. You know, he's, he's not Mick Jensen. He's still a good upgrade, but he's not the same. Um, I think your value of improvement isn't is still there, but not at the same level. So I, I think it depends on the player. Ultimately, um, you're not going to get any guy that's going to work two or three standing points of improvement 
I think even if you bring Chikrin in, you're really not going to see that either. Uh, but I think that there is, you know, if we're going to say with standing points, I think you can get a guy that maybe can give you one or two games of improvement. And that might be what it comes down to at the ultimate end of the day when you're trying to make playoffs. And the appearances are good, too. I mean, uh, we've had many years of Darcy Regeer, like just wanting to see the Sabres come off like, you know, they were willing to push. It's what a sports team should do. And this team has been out of it for so long. I, I wouldn't want to see them do nothing, you know. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Uh, just give give me something here. I just uh, don't think the time is right for a big move. Part of my thinking is, and really I've just come to this, I guess it's after the Meyer trade, Chad. I mean, New Jersey becomes one more team. They're already good, but one more team that I think is just at least a level up. D- do you care to factor in how good the top teams in the conference, one of whom you would play if you make it, are relative to you? Or is the NHL playoffs too random to want to want have you want to think like that? Yeah, I think it's too random, um, especially the way the playoffs are built. That I think I more care about what happens in my division than the conference. Well, still, I, I think New Jersey is an ascending team as the Sabers are. Uh, they're a year ahead of them. Like I think the Sabers want to be New Jersey next year, um, but. I'm more concerned on what's happening in, in the division. And the division itself is, is interesting. If you kind of think about the Sabres ascending and you have your top three teams that have been locked in for a long time, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Boston, and they're all, you know, right now throwing haymakers, giving away all mm-hmm. these assets to go ahead and try to chase a cup and rightfully so. Well, if you look at it down the road, they're trading picks two, three years out. And some of these teams now are realizing when they're doing deals with this team, Tampa Bay and Toronto, I don't want your pick this year. I don't want your pick next year. I want your pick in three years because I'm going to catch you on a downswing. And, you know, I think that works in the Sabres' favor that as they're coming up, you can see some of these teams that are really going to try to go for it the next year or two start to come down as they truly ascend. Uh, So that's one of the interesting things I think we've kind of seen unfold here over the last month uh, that I think benefits the Sabres. Now, I mean, Tampa Bay seems like they always pull these guys out of nowhere and they'll probably just keep going. But for like Toronto and Boston, um, you know, I think it's possible that in the next couple of years we can start to see them come back down and the Sabres come back up and maybe jump over them. Well, we're going to need that, right? Like, these teams are not going to stay good forever, and if the Sabres are going to be the Devils or some team making a, another big jump in the Sabres' case, somebody's going to have to suffer, <laughs> or else we're looking at the most, I don't know, maybe the most stacked division ever. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's... I think it's just working out good timing. I mean, you never know. I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of things that could happen. Teams can always find ways to just bring a guy in. I mean, Toronto can change their whole fortune um, and just bring some guy in because that's what Toronto does. Or, you know, Matthews could leave that team in two years and it's a completely different team. You, you don't know. Uh, but I, I think they position themselves kind of in a good spot right now where they're going to catch some of these guys coming down while they're going to be ascending. Um, and if that isn't the case, then, you know, then I guess you're going to have to battle those teams for a top three. You're going to be fighting for a wild card spot for a couple of years, and that's just kind of the way it goes. Chad Dedeminisis, expected Buffalo on the West Her Hotline. I'm Mike Shope. Bulldog is off this week. If you didn't hear or don't know the players, Chad has mentioned Washington defenseman Nick Jensen. He's 32. Also, Dante Fabro of Nashville, who's much younger. A couple of possible defenseman in the NHL the Sabres might have some interest in or in fact Chad I believe you said you know that they have interest in Jensen Jensen at least yes at at least Jensen okay what do you think of their chances of making it uh if you would have asked me two weeks ago I would have said probably not great where now I'm sitting there I think 
I think it's pretty good. Um, they're a weird team. They're, they're a weird team. Like in the sense that like their schedule upcoming is difficult, but they seem to always beat the good teams and struggle with the bad teams. Like it would, it would, I would not be shocked if they lose on Tuesday to Columbus and they go beat Boston and Tampa Bay because that's just what they've done. It, it's wild. It, it, it's weird how this season has gone, and that's why the strength of schedule. When I get all these models are only at you know twenty percent, thirty percent chance, everyone's like, why? Why is that the case? It's because strength of schedule, and also because of these models too. The Sabres have so many young players; they don't have any previous data to go off of, so they're kind of just putting in a standard rookie or standard young player um, projection where that's not really the case. You know, we're seeing Dylan Cousins and Power and all these young guys kind of do the things they're doing. So. I think from a public model standpoint, that's why we're seeing the variance to what realistically the chances are. So mm-hmm. I think if they can continue to stay healthy, um, the tuck injury hurts. Uh, hopefully it's only, you know, two to three weeks and they can survive that. Darlene, hopefully it's only a couple of days here, maybe misses one, maybe two more games, and they get him back in. But as long as they stay relatively healthy uh, and, and if they get an improvement here on the blue line, um, I, I really like their chances. You know, they just got to keep going. And we just, I, I, you know, you keep waiting for the wheels to fall off, and, and they haven't yet. So at this point, you kind of got to give them the credit that, you know, they only have to get 60%. Of, my goal is 95 points, and they got to get 60% of the points remaining, and they've been doing that for, you know, two and a half months now. So, you know, that, that to me gives them pretty good odds to get there. Yeah. A team that has more success against the better teams and also more success on the road, that must make, uh, and I, I don't mean to ask this like I don't know this, Twitter fun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 100%. It's, it's, it's weird. I mean, last week, you know, it's funny, is like that Toronto loss happens, and like, I don't want to say everybody's losing their minds, but it's, I mean, again, you'll get embarrassed by a division rival at home, and everyone's like, oh, this team, and you know, here come the wheels fall off, and then, oh, they go out and they win in Tampa Bay and Florida where they never win, and then they go, you know, basically below the Capitals out of the building. That game was not even close as a 7-4 to four game, like, so uh, it's a team that's hard to predict. I don't know. They're young, they're fun, and, and that, that's what I'll take at this point. Without talking Darlene. So, uh, exactly. yeah, that, that's the beauty of it. I mean, that's that's the that's the beauty of the numbers and sort of the, the way the sport is. You've got to embrace that. I know, I know I'm not saying you don't. It's just you've got to embrace that sort of all-over-the-board kind of quality you get. I mean, I've been sitting here, and maybe you have in your chair too, Chad, all these years. Can the Sabres just luck into a good goaltending year where yeah. – you know, they're counting the years going by without a playoff game series, let alone a win. And just yeah. let me have a year where my goalie's in the 930s and my team's bad, but we don't even really know it. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, right. yeah. but we, we haven't had that either. Go- goaltending, we should talk about that at least once here, Chad. Like, uh, it's it's been rough this year. Is there any chance in your mind they do anything about goaltending this week? I wouldn't. Um... So I wrote an article about it, uh, I think it was Thursday or Friday last week, when uh, Talbot and Corpus Allo were kind of becoming a thing uh, in the trade block, if you will. Um, so it's actually a really good podcast that I will recommend to people, a uh, PDO cast um, that Don Filipovich did with Kevin Woodley uh, on goaltending. I think it was like February 17th or 16th is when it was out. Definitely go listen to that because they really focus on goaltenders. And one of the things that they talked about in that podcast is how a lot of people don't take into account how a goaltender midseason going from one team to another rarely works because it's going to a new system. And while a goaltender may have good numbers in this system, if you put them in another system, a more high event system, then they have to change how they're playing. They have to change how they're playing behind a new system and have a new defense group in front of them. So that kind of got me to dig into, you know, I went back with the last four years at goaltenders that have been traded 
at the trade deadline, and there was 14 of them, and only one goaltender had a post-deadline positive save goal save above expected. So all of them were negative goals save above expected. Every single one besides one, and that was Scott Wedgwood last year, was like a .059. <laughs> Everything else was below. So really, it never works. So for me, it, it, now if it's going to be a long-term solution, if you want to go with, let's say, Demko or I don't know, you know Vimelka, let's say, he, he's a guy you can go get, which I think his price is crazy, but maybe you can get him. Uh, then okay, on the long-term, fine. I'll, I'm interested in that. On a short-term, to play six, seven games, I don't think I'm going to get much of an improvement over Lucan and Comrie, so why am I even bothering, you know, mixing anything up that's probably not going to work anyways? Right. How far does your study go back? You don't go back to Ty Conklin, do you? No, I, I went back uh, five years. I skipped the COVID year because that was a okay. weird year. Uh, I even went back and looked at Ryan Miller when he was traded. Coincidentally enough, I put that in the article too. So when, when he was with the Sabres before he got traded, he was a plus 5.74 goal state above expected. He went to the Blues post-deadline. He was a negative 5.7-something. So, you know, another Pretty, example of one of the biggest goaltending trades in recent history, and, and that also didn't work. Right, like a definitive example of your point. Doesn't include playoffs. Is there anything different about how the playoff performances have gone? Uh, I didn't look into that, but I, I think a lot of those scenarios, uh, if I look at the players of the roster, like it was Peter, it was, it was a whole list of, literally it was an entire list of like Cam Talbot and Corpus Allos. Uh, there's a bunch of guys that are now backups that I think their team didn't even make the playoffs or those guys didn't even get playoff games because of how bad they were. Miller's. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think there's much go off. I mean, I think Miller's numbers even in the playoffs weren't even that good for the Blues either. Right. They, they lost to Chicago, I think, that year. Not a, yeah. not a great matchup, but still. How far do you go back, actually, with this team? I, if, I'm not sure like where your starting point is. In terms of covering them? Yeah, well, just you know, as a fan or that, either. Uh, well, I think this is my eighth year covering them. Um, I go back. I'll say realistically, I go back uh, to probably the 05 6 season. That's when I got back into hockey again. And then the year after that, I was a season ticket holder for a couple of years. Uh, so, yeah, that 05 06 season definitely pulled me back into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I would say that's the start of, of my getting back into hockey again. And then I kind of grew from there. And then, yeah, I've been covering them for, I think this is eight years now, maybe longer, but like eight years. That makes sense that that season could hook you. Right, right, right. Because <laughs> I, I was thinking today about just how this moment compares with then. And that's not just in terms of the trade deadline, but because it's not, it's not very much the same at all as, mm-hmm. as 2006. But just sort of like where the fans are. There's definitely an energy now. It's been a really good year for them uh, on and off the ice. And a year it's, it's been badly needed. But... We're yeah. not, and nobody's saying they are, but we're at, at, at that point, like we went from zero to 60 that year. You'd, you're saying you remember it. Like it was just sort of out of the canceled season, rock bottom. Oh, they're going to have penalties for like if you get thrown out of the faceoff circle twice, um, automatic delay of game penalties, no, no red line, the different, the different things that they're just going with that year as it started. And then by this time of year, we're just wondering about the Stanley Cup. Like it was mm-hmm. absolutely outrageous but then i think you know it's long enough ago where i'm not sure i want to build a topic around that because some number of our listeners don't remember it it's just been too far back so good to know that you at least um go back that far yeah 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 i go back all the way to the glory days and hopefully the new glory days are starting now yes because you really don't want to call glory days years where you lost two times in the third round you you want to you want to strive yeah you want to strive for higher so let's 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 do that and you know being Quote, smart, careful at this deadline uh, is one way to 
avoid, you know, maybe falling for a bad idea here in the next few days, which absolutely we both sound pretty confident that the, the Sabres will not be so gullible. No, All right. I don't think so. Good. Chad, great job. Thanks for your time as always. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.